Minister Tim's going to come and bring the word here in a moment. And um, it just gives me an opportunity to brag on him for some of you that are newer here that might not know who he is. Uh, he was Shane Capo, I think, all those years ago, over 10, t- oh, 10 years ago now. Been a part of the church a little over 10 years. And uh, ran our soundboard and basically did anything and everything he could to help the church move forward. When I got here with my wife, he was serving violently along with a number of others, about 30 people in all. Uh, It might have been 20, but we'll call it 30, about 30 in all on a Sunday morning, I'm told, as folks who were here during that time remember. And as he faithfully served through all the different seasons, God elevated him. And um, it's just such a blessing to work with you, Minister Tim. One of the things that happened, and I want to make note of it, is I haven't seen you. I don't know what, when's the last time I saw you. When did I see you last? It's been a couple months or something, right? So when I saw him and we were able to greet without other things on our mind up here in front, the power of the Holy Spirit just came on us. And I'll tell you what that is. When you labor with somebody through seasons of trial and seasons of joy, and you know that no matter what comes our way, We will always serve God together and see the kingdom come. And we will see our kids do the same. And I know that that you know, and you know that I know, that there's not one thing I won't do for you. And we're covenant brothers. Now, can I tell you something? Most people never have that experience in a church because they never let their guards down enough or be transparent enough to develop that. And I just thank you and I honor you tonight. You are such a blessing. You're, you're one of the great joys, you and your family, in my life. You really are. I'm so proud of you. Please put your hands together for <laughs> Minister Tim Kaplan. Uh, hallelujah. What do you say after that? <laughs> Oh, praise the Lord. You can be seated. We'll get in the scripture in just a moment. I wanted to greet all you that I know and all that I don't. I want to meet you. Praise the Lord. Again, I'm, as Pastor Daniel said, Minister Timothy Capo and uh, my wife, Heidi, and kids send their love. They're having church right now. Praise God. <clears throat> um, we're going to get into the Word. If you got your Bibles, turn to Exodus 17. Something God really put up on my heart now. Before we get into it, I want to say I can't take credit for all this message. This uh, um, got the notes originally from our own Dr. James Morocco, but it so impacted me. And I, I preached in our church in um, Bristol Bay, and it just made such an impact. And uh, I just felt led by the Lord to bring this tonight. So Exodus chapter 17, starting in verse 8. And once you get there, I want you to stand up on your feet. Just in honor of the word, as is our, our custom here, our custom in Bristol Bay. All right, let's read the word of the Lord. Exodus 17, starting in verse 8. It says, Now Amalek came and fought with Israel in Rephidim, and Moses said to Joshua, Choose us some men and go out, fight with Amalek. Tomorrow I will stand on top of the hill with the rod of God in my hand. So Joshua did as Moses said to him and fought with Amalek. And Moses, Aaron, and Hur went to the top of the hill. 
And so it was when Moses held up his hand that Israel prevailed. And when he let, it, let down his hand, Amalek prevailed. But Moses' hands became heavy. So they took a stone and put it under him, and he sat on it. And Aaron and Hur supported his hands, one on one side and the other on the other side. And his hands were steady until the going down of the sun. So Joshua defeated Amalek and his people with the edge of the sword. Then the Lord said to Moses, Write this for, for a memorial in the book and recount it in the hearing of Joshua, that I will utterly blot out the remembrance of Amalek from under heaven. And Moses built an altar and called its name, The Lord is my banner. For he said, Because the Lord has sworn, the Lord will have war with Amalek from generation to generation. Let's pray. Oh, Father, we thank you, God, for this time we have tonight. God, to get into your word, we ask for revelation to come. Holy Spirit, we invite you to come in this place. Open up the scriptures to us, Lord. Impart something to us tonight, O oh Holy Ghost, that would impact and transform us. Holy Spirit, I ask that you'd anoint me to preach your word, God, with power, with clarity. God, cause it to burn faith and vision into the hearts of your people. Move in power. Do whatever you want to do tonight, O oh Lord. God, we thank you for the time we have. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. You can go ahead and be seated. I remember, uh, let me just preface it with this. Has anybody, I don't want you to raise your hand. Have any of you ever been kicked out of a church? Okay, and I say that because I have. And I know that's a strange way to start a message, but I remember, uh, um, I think the first time ever really hearing the word of the Lord, uh, I was part of a small church in California. You know, the one winter that I was out of Alaska was in California, and it snowed one time that winter in Southern California. Praise the Lord, God sent it for me. Uh, but I remember God giving me a word from this scripture for the pastor of that small church, just letting him know that I'll hold his arms up and help him. And God moved in that moment. I did not understand the prophetic. I didn't understand hearing from the Lord, but I know that I did. And when I shared it with him, God poured out his spirit uh, during that time. Now, some things happened later that wasn't my fault, okay, that we got kicked out of the church, and they never told us why. <clears throat> now, this scripture, you know, that's just one side note. If you understand this text, you take a look at it at the very beginning. The Israelites are attacked by the Amalekites. I'm just going to go over it very quickly. Israelites are attacked by the Amalekites. Uh, the Amalekites come out of Esau's line. Um, you'll find in Deuteronomy 25 where the Amalekites, as the children of Israel are coming out of Egypt into the promised land, the Amalekites would come and, and uh, attack them from the, year, the rear. So the, the, the tired, the weak, the sick, um, they would begin to pick them off. And in Deuteronomy 25, um, verse 19... Therefore it shall be when the Lord your God has given you rest from your enemies all around in the land which the Lord your God has given you to possess as an inheritance that you will blot out the remembrance of Amalek from under heaven you shall not forget. So great was the evil that the Amalekites uh, did upon the, God's people that God intended to wipe them out. You know, what's interesting to me, and this doesn't really tie in, but I found it very interesting, that God didn't just wipe them out. God did, 
didn't just wipe them out in that moment. And you'll see in other sections of Scripture, God does the same thing. Even though the, the evil prevails within uh, a people, God still spared them for a time. And really, it's his, his mercy and His love, giving time for, for repentance, giving time for them to come back to Him. Um, <clears throat> and so, God releases this promise that He's going to wipe out Amalek. And so, this is where we find ourselves in this text. Moses commissions Joshua... As they're faced by the Amalekites, those who had uh, attacked them before, Moses commissions Joshua to raise up an army to fight the Amalekites. And then Moses and Aaron and Hur go up on the hill next to the battlefield. Something to take note of is that it says that he took the rod of God in his hand up on the hill. Now the rod of God in the scripture is speaking to the staff which God, which uh, um, Moses had when he came into Egypt, and God released the plagues, and God brought them through uh, the Red Sea, and all these different moments. For so, for them, it was a symbol of God's salvation. Uh, sal- I, I wanted to say salvatory, but I don't think that's a word. Maybe not the the word I'm looking for. But but God's power released in the moment to save them in their situation. So they come up on the hill with the rod of God in their hand. And while Moses is on the hill, Joshua's down on, uh, below there with the army fighting the battle. And so we see this battle being fought on two fronts. Number one, in the physical, the, uh, Joshua and his army are there faced with the Amalekites and they're fighting. You know, the, it, it's, it's um, you know, I don't know what movie we could relate it to, but this is, this is real. This is a battle. They're fighting. And Moses is on the hill with Aaron and her, and on the hill, another battle is taking place. Joshua and them are fighting in the physical down below. Moses is up on the hill, and there is a battle that's taking place in the spiritual. And what we're looking at tonight is that there is a direct correlation between what happens in the physical, where we are right now, and what happens in the spiritual. Where What happens um, as, as Moses is on this hilltop, we see that as he raises his hands with the staff, the Amalekites begin to get pushed back. We see there's a tie in this scripture between victory coming from the place of uh, spiritual warfare as opposed to on the ground. The outcome of the battle is dependent on the spiritual. When Moses lowered his hands, the arms the Amalekites would win. And so Moses is there. He's got his hands up and he just begins to get tired. And quick thinking, Aaron and her, they grab a stone, they put it under him. Uh, um, they lower him down on it. They hold his arms up just to make sure they have victory in that moment. And I believe through this scripture, God's speaking to us here tonight. As believers, and, and as Pastor Daniel was sharing, I think it was during the offering, I just wanted to keep, to keep preaching. That was good. I was getting encouraged. He was talking about authority. We have authority through what Jesus has done on the cross, right? We understand that. What Jesus did on the cross purchased authority for us, and we can lay hold of that authority. But as believers, we have authority through what Christ did on the cross and in His resurrection and through the onworking power of the Holy Spirit. In essence, we hold the rod of God. For the Israelites, seeing Moses on the hill with the rod of God, they've seen God's salvation power released through the, uh, the, the, the lifting up of that staff. 
And just as that takes place for them, when we come into a situation because of the authority that's been purchased for us on the cross by Jesus, we come with that same authority, the salvation power upon our lives to bring breakthrough in any given situation. We have His authority. But that authority is released by speaking the Word of God and prayer. It's not enough just to have authority. You have to exercise it. It's not enough just to have something. You have to use it. I'm going to throw away my notes. Moses is standing on the hill, the rod of God in his hand, the symbol of power and authority, the saving power of the Lord that's brought them from, uh, the, the, from Egypt all the way to where they're at right now. As he lifts his hands in this moment, they're having victory. While his arms are raised, they're having victory. Can you imagine being Moses? Your hands are raised on the mountain, and you're, you see your people having victory below you. Arms are getting tired. Arms are getting tired. You start to lower them. And your people start to get pushed back. What does that look like? This is not soccer. This isn't a sport. This is war. His hands are being lowered. More than likely, people are dying. His people. The people entrusted to him by God. So what do you do? What do you do? You just keep your hands raised. But how long can you do that? I cannot imagine what was going through Moses in that moment, doing everything he can to keep his hands in the air, but while what he was there to, to fulfill for God was being decimated below him. And then Aaron and Hur come next to him, begin to lift his arms, begin to lift his hands, and they have victory. I want to tell you tonight that your victory is not necessarily found in what you can do, but in being on the hill. It was because Moses and Aaron and Hur were on the hill fighting in the spiritual, in the supernatural, that gave them victory upon the ground. It wasn't the might or the strategy or the, the, the will of the army that was fighting. It was the place of prayer and praise of Moses on the hill that brought the victory for them at that, in, in that moment. I don't want to tell you tonight that your place of victory, even though we do need to contend, you need to fight, you need to push, you need to run, even though you need to do that, there needs to be an aspect of being on the hill, warring in the spiritual over that issue, over that situation, over your marriage, over your children, over your job, over your family, over your community, over the church. get messed up seeing my sister in the back because, you know, during worship I was thinking about this message and thinking about some family members of ours that, that really need a touch from God. You know, they're away from the Lord. And what am I to do? I can grab a hold of them. I can shake them. I can preach to them all day long. And you know what? For some of them, it might help a little bit. For one, for sure, I know it would do exactly the opposite. It would do exactly, it would just push them away. But what I do know is that what will turn the tide 
of battle over their lives, over my family, over your family, is not necessarily found in the natural, but in the supernatural. It was the battle that was fought on top of the hill that won the victory. It was the battle that was fought on top of the hill that pushed back the Amalekites, that gave them the victory. Now, it wasn't just Moses on the hill. Though it was him that was interceding before God for the people. He had people on each side of him. He had Aaron and her with him. You have to understand that it's not just you. It cannot be just you. You have to have people around you. Yeah, that's why church is so important. That's why church is so important. You online, if you don't go to church anywhere, find a church to be a part of. You can't just be online or watch TV. You can't just have that. You have to have people around you like Moses had Aaron and her to be able to lift your arms when you just can't do it anymore. So the question tonight, is anyone on the hill? Is anyone on the hill? Do you, are you making time to pray? When Moses is standing on the hill, he's got his hands raised. You know, in, in uh, Hebrew, I believe the word is yadah, extending of the hands. It's the positioning of prayer and of praise over this situation. He stands watch over the battle raging below him in the position of prayer and praise. Now what I've found is that the aspect of praise, you know, declaring the greatness of God in the midst of the situation, will give you the strength to continue in the place of prayer. Moses stands upon the hill, lifts his hands, lifts up the rod of God in the position of praise and prayer. You cannot separate the two. I want to encourage you tonight, that place of prayer and praise is where your victory will be purchased. It was where the tide of battle would be turned. We see the direct correlation as his hands are in the air. It's going back and forth. And studying for this message, just thinking of all the different things that that God is uh, speaking you know, just to be transparent. um, You know, when I first heard this message, uh, in our, our time in Bristol Bay, you know, there are times where there's more people in church and there's times where there isn't. And I found that when I'm in the place of prayer, in morning prayer, spending time in prayer, there is so much greater fruit. We've had so many things happen. Uh, just this last Sunday, we had Sunday morning. I'll just tell you, how many people do we have in church? Eleven, which is good for a Sunday morning. I don't know what it is, but down there, Sunday morning is pretty hard. We have quite a few people Sunday night and Wednesday night, but Sunday morning is difficult. And there was one man that came and brought his niece and another young lady, and he hadn't been church in a while, and I, you know, I'd been calling him and talking to him, but he was there, and he looked like he just really was getting beat up. In the midst of that service, I don't even know what I preached, because you know, it, it, does, it doesn't matter. The Holy Spirit came and touched him, and God released a word to him, prophesied over him. Everything changed seemingly for him in that moment. He'd been, he was crying out over his brother who, who was uh, demonized and all these different things. God released something to him that was amazing, and we prayed over him. And it was the time of prayer that looked like, and it's almost like I could see it in the spiritual. It was that time of prayer in that moment in church that seemed to turn the tide for him. Something happened in that moment. I'm reminded minded even talking about that. It's amazing that we're even in the building that we are uh, in Naknik. We've got a, we're renting, leasing 
uh, a, a building from the Mormon church. And there was a time where we weren't sure if we were going to get into that building, you know, three years ago. Um, <clears throat> probably right about this time right now because we went down in September. We were praying. We'd put in, the, they were deciding, they had meeting, and then they had to have another meeting because they weren't decided on whether they were going to lease it to us because they didn't do that. They're not going to, I mean, they didn't usually lease it to another church. I remember it was a Sunday night. I don't know if you remember this. It was a Sunday night. We were praying specifically for that. And, and, you know, we'd, we'd prayed many different services up to that moment, but that Sunday night, I remember as we were praying, I felt the tide of the battle turn in that moment. And it was that next week that they called us and said that they decided that they're going to allow us to get into that building. But it came from the place of prayer. It wasn't us running them down. It wasn't us trying to, to, to uh, coerce them into allowing us to have it. It was the releasing of the power of the Spirit of God into that situation through the place of prayer. I mean, we don't understand how powerful prayer is. We tap into the grace of God through the place of prayer. We tap into the grace of God in those moments of prayer. I believe it's Smith Wigglesworth. I'm not sure exactly who said it. Um, you might be able to tell me. Uh, um, prayer is the slender muscle that moves the hand of omnipotence. I'm not exactly sure who said that. Somebody really smart, touched by the Holy Ghost. Prayer is amazing. Prayer is amazing. Yeah, I've struggled over I don't know if any, everybody here knows my kids. I've got five kids, and my oldest is seven. Okay, five kids, my oldest is seven. Sometimes me and my wife have a conversation about our sanity, okay, whether we're sane because we've had so many kids, not due to us having them, but because we decided to have that many kids in that short amount of time. But in, in watching my kids and trying to, to, to raise them rightly and, and wanting them to serve God and honor God and live right and do what God's called them to do, I've cried out to God because I, did, I, I could only do so much. I could only do so much for them to help them to fulfill that. But what I've found out and what I know is that it will come from the place of, of the hill for their life, the hill for the battle over their lives and, and you know, who they, they end up with you know, in marriage, who they, what they end up doing. I have a, a, a commission from God to battle from that place of the hill for my family. What are you going through tonight? What battle are you going through tonight? There's a reason I'm preaching this. this you know, from the moment I heard it, I knew I was going to preach it here. And this is, I don't know, months ago. What are you going through? You're here. On purpose. God has you here on purpose tonight. What are you going through tonight? And how are you battling it? Are you going to the hill? Who's on the hill? Who's on the hill? And I'm praying. And, I, and I'm hoping that you've got more than just yourself on the hill tonight. Come on, I believe God's calling us to a greater place of prayer. It needs to happen. To get the breakthrough that we need, it needs to happen. Understand that there is a battle for your life. There is a battle for your family. There is a battle for your marriage. Don't you know that, that the enemy wants to split you and your, your, your husband or wife apart? Yeah, let, me, let, me, let me just talk about that. This last Sunday night, I just did something a little bit different and instead of necessarily preaching a word taught, on marriage, taught on parenting in our, our church. And it was so amazing 
what happened. The, the just great transformation happened as the, the revelation went forth, you know, and, and the Holy Spirit was touching people. There was assignment from the enemy against marriages and against families because a marriage, the scriptures say, and the Apostle Paul talks about the, the oneness of the married couple, and he calls it a mystery. He's just, he's talking about it, and he's just so awestruck by how two can become one in, in, in this covenant of marriage. And the amazing thing is the synergy that takes place. The scriptures say if one can put a thousand to flight, two can put ten thousand to flight. The enemy doesn't want to see unity. You have to understand that, that he's got a plan to, to uh, uh, take apart your marriage, take apart your family, take apart your, your community. There is a war that is being fought. We have a choice on whether we're going to uh, uh, just put all of our strength into it or make a stand on the hill with the authority that we have, with the authority that we have that, that Jesus has given to us. The end result of our praying is that we'll realize God is our banner and that he'll fight for us. Listen, he will give you victory. I love reading scripture. I love, anybody else love reading the Old Testament? Oh, my word, it's just amazing. Do you know that there's people in here in the Old Testament who were faced with tremendous, insurmountable odds and instead of running, instead of hiding, they sought God, and God said, just go out, and I'll fight for you. You just go out, and I'll fight for you. It, it's an amazing, amazing thing. I remember just being faced with, let me use this. We believe God's spoken to us to build a radio station. And I've wept overwhelmed with how to do that. God, don't you know how much money we need to do that? Don't you know how much work it's going to be? God, I don't know if I, I, I can do all that. But when he's called you to do it, and you stand in the place of prayer, he brings you through. He brings you through to the place of impossibility. All these stories from the Old Testament, even this one here, they're faced with the Amalekites. God gives them victory, but it came from the place of prayer. It came from the place of prayer and of praise in your, in, in, uh, uh, over their lives. And I'm, we're seeing that breakthrough in, in Bristol Bay. And I'll tell you, we're seeing it in families. We're seeing things change. Uh, I'll just share something. I think I've shared it before. When we first moved there, it's almost three years now, um, there was a number of suicides there. I think I'm fuzzy on the numbers. It might have been three or four that first year. And we prayed, and we prayed, and we prayed. And, and you know, I remember hearing that, 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 the voice of the enemy. What do you think you're doing? You think your prayer, these prayers are going to do something about that. Who are you? Who are you to be praying against this and, and binding the spirit of suicide? And the second year. I think we only had two. I think it was two that second year. We prayed. And in services we prayed. And in early morning we prayed. And we bound the spirit of depression and bound the spirit of suicide. And just stood in the authority that God had given us. And after that second year, we haven't, we haven't had a single one. 
Not one single one. Now, it's amazing because what could I do to do that? What could I do? What could I do? There's nothing I could do to do that. It came from the place of prayer. It came from being on the hill. It came from being on the hill. What are you going through? Where's your family? Do you have family members that don't know the Lord? Do you have people that, that are in your life that aren't saved? And don't you know that, that everybody else hears the same thing? They, everybody else hears the enemy say they're never going to get saved. Don't think that you're the only one. But do you know what? We serve a God who is powerful, who can go beyond what we understand in the natural. He can go beyond what we, what we think is even possible and, and break through. I was just reading in, in, the, in the Old Testament where... This army has come against the children, the people of God, and, and he tells, tells them that it's insurmountable odds, just as I, I, I mentioned earlier. They're going to get wiped out. They, they could not do it. The army was too huge. Their army was too small. And they go out. God says, You'll go, you go. I'm going to go out before you. And they get to where the army was to be and find them completely wiped out. Now, what's amazing about that? They had to trust God enough to get out there. God said to go. They sought him first. He gave them victory. They get out there. This army that would have wiped them out is totally wiped out. And not only did God save them, but it says for three days later, it took them three days to gather all the spoils that were left over when they didn't have to lift a finger, all they did was seek God in the midst of their situation and God gave them the breakthrough and they didn't have to do one thing. All they had to do was trust in God, obey God, do what He said, told them to do. And I want to tell you tonight, there is a war over your family. There's a war over the purpose that God has for your life. Look at me. Look at me. You have a purpose for your life. You have a purpose for your life. You're not wasting space. You know, God created you. Did you know that? He formed you in his image, breathed his own breath of life in you. I think it's Lou Angle that said God had a dream and wrapped you in it. He has a purpose. God doesn't make something without purpose. Everything he's created has purpose. That includes you. It includes you. And if he made you, he made you with purpose. And he's a good God. And we honor him. And we love him and we obey him. He's going to fulfill that purpose within your life. One of my favorite stories uh, is the disciples and Jesus in the boat. And, and God told them, Jesus told them to go across this, this body of water and the storm comes up. Jesus is asleep in the back of the boat. There's a bunch of fishermen in this boat and the storm is big enough where they're freaked out. They think they're going to die. They run up to Jesus in the back and say, Jesus, don't you know that we're going to die? Don't you know that we're going to die? He gets up and he rebukes the wind and the waves in the midst of this moment. And they make it across. Listen, if he's calling you through the storm across the water, he's the one that's going to sustain you through. If he's calling you to make it through the storm, he's going to bring it. It's his responsibility. Your responsibility is to be obedient in the midst of that moment. If what he's calling you to do seems impossible, then give him praise because he's the God of the impossible. If what he's calling you to do looks like, if what he's called you to get through looks like a wall, then you better stay real close, close as you run after him because you've got to fit through the Jesus-shaped wall. Excuse me, Jesus-shaped hole through that wall. But you have to stay in the place of prayer. 
be on the hill. Now, we're going to build a building, right, Pastor Daniel? We're going to build a building on the hill. How is that going to happen? It's just, we just got to try real hard. And if we try real hard, it'll happen. It's going to come through the place of prayer. It'll come through the place of prayer. Who's willing to be on the hill? Who's willing to be on the hill? I, I, you guys have so many times of corporate prayer, it's amazing. Everybody here, there is a time for you to be where you can make it to corporate prayer. Now, I know that, that you know, you, there's, you got things, you got family. Listen, again, I've got five kids. Okay? I know, I know that things can come up. But make a place for prayer. Make a place, make a hill. I, I wish I, I would share, there's a picture. Uh, I, I'll, let me say that, I'll share it on Facebook afterwards. And you can look, there's a place, and Pastor Daniel's been there. There's a hill that overlooks part of our city. And I can't go there without weeping. Like, I think about it right now, that place. It's a hill. And I can't go there without weeping. There's a hill for you, for your situation, for your kids. There's a hill. Is there anybody on that hill? Is there been anybody on that hill over your marriage? Over your community? For my community, I'm going to be on that hill. I'm going to be on that hill. If you come to me asking for prayer, I'm going to be on your hill. If somebody comes to you asking for prayer, join them on their hill. It wasn't just Moses. It was they had Aaron and her to hold his arms. Listen, if you need something, I'll pray for you. I'm going to be on your hill. The church is supposed to be a place like that. We got all these prayer warriors in here. Is anybody on the hill? Hallelujah. Thank you, Minister Tim. We're going to go ahead and receive an offering for the radio station. Before I tell you about that, let me bring you to, uh, to action based on that message. It's the word of the Lord. You say, Pastor, I'm going to commit myself to get on the hill. I'm going to commit myself to prayer over the next 90 days. I'm going to commit to be in morning prayer. Now, we've got morning prayer at 5 a.m., 6 a.m., 7 a.m., 8 a.m., Monday through Friday. Then on Saturday, just 7 a.m. prayer. Here on Sunday morning, it's 8 o'clock upstairs in the generation room. You say, I... I'm going to commit to be at one of those times. Let me see your hand. If you're feeling the touch of the pull, the tug of the Holy Spirit. You say, I'm going to do that. 90 days. I'm committing myself. Let me see your hand. Raise it high. All right, 90 days. Good. All right? All right, wonderful. You can put your hand down. You say, well, I can't make morning prayer. I'm just because I'm driving to Anchorage. I'm doing different things. I work the swing ship. Well, I, there's lots of good reasons. There's some not so good reasons also, but you might have a good reason. So if you have a good reason, you say, I can't do that. Or I don't have faith for that. I remember these, I've been in many meetings like this. There'd be a call to prayer, and I'd be like, dude, I've got faith for like another 10 minutes, man. I mean, you say, well, I, I can't make morning prayer, but I'm going to commit to be on the hill and pray an hour a day. Who's that? Anybody out there can pray an hour a day? All right. So you committing, 90 days, you can pray an hour a day. Good. Over your family, over the church, building project, please pray for me, my wife, staff. Okay, so I can't do that, but I'm going to pray more. All right, 
if you didn't raise your hand yet, you should be now raising your hand. All right, I can pray more. Come on, how many of you can pray more? All right, good. All right, the Lord saw your hand as a scroll of remembrance being written even now. All right, wonderful. Ushers, would you assist us? We need $13,000. Now, let me just tell you that that is a very low number, Thirteen grand to build a radio station. I've built two. Well, I had my hand on the one on Kauai. Actually, Pastor Vince built it. I did the one uh, on uh, Molokai, on the island of Molokai. It's still there. It's the only radio station on Molokai. And uh, what a joy and a, a challenge to, to get on the airwaves to do it. Now, the reason it's $13,000 and not, I think we paid twenty-five grand, which is still very low. The reason it's so low is why. Tell them, tell them kind of where we're at and what's happening. Uh, well, praise the Lord. In uh, Florida, uh, we were actually uh, introduced by um, Pastor Daniel's brother, John. Yeah, my brother's in full-time ministry and runs a radio station in, uh, uh, in, in Florida. So, yeah. And he introduced us to uh, a ministry there that that's what they do. They help uh, build radio stations. At the moment I called them, they just got back from the Congo building a radio station, a missionary radio station down there. And what they told me is, is they're going to do everything to help us. They they actually own a, a business that has most of the, the pieces that we need. Wow. And he says, whatever I can't give you, we'll give it to you. We'll, we'll sell it to you for our price. And they've already got an antenna that's been donated by some other place in Florida wow. for us. We've already got that figured out. And, and they're going to you know, they're going to fly down with everything that they, they can and bless us as much as possible, help us put it up, get it on the air. Praise the Lord. Now, you got to know there's engineers involved. I mean, it's a, it's a very, 13 grand is peanuts. It really is a miracle. It really is. And I believe that we can raise that even now. Amen. Amen. All can right, I, good. Can I, can I share real yeah. quick? You know, the amazing thing about, you know, it's great to say you've got a radio station, okay? But the opportunity we have down there, number one, there's only one other FM station. So you've got people that will be turning to that station. But we'll be able to reach Nactic. We'll be able to reach King Salmon. And from what I've heard, because of, uh, you know, the water and how That's flat right. it is, we're going to be able to reach more villages beyond that. You know, not just with music, not just with the word, but with the power of the Holy Spirit uh. in people's cars, in people's homes. And not just that. Okay, That's number one. That's year round. In the summertime. We've got more than 12,000 people that come and fill up our village, our area. And there's, listen to what I said, there's one other FM station. That means that there's going to be people out there that's never heard the gospel, never heard uh, of Jesus, never, never been touched by the Holy Spirit, on drift boats, in set net boats, in the middle of the river, hearing the word of God, getting touched by the power of God through that radio station. That's our vision. And I've met people straight from the Congo, straight from the Philippines, straight from, from South America, just in our village. So from that, our village, from our radio station, we'll be able to reach the nations. And it's yeah, amazing. Amen. They come with cannery workers and stuff. Thank you, Minister Tim. Ushers, would you help us if you want to participate tonight in the miracle of putting a radio station on in Naknek? We did one in Molokai, like I was saying. It's 100 watts, which is very, very low. When we turned that thing on and began to broadcast, we actually hit a whole section of Oahu. Now, there's over a million people on Oahu. They gave us 100 watts. It's supposed to go, I think, if I remember correctly, it was a seven-mile radius. 
It went far beyond that. It went over the ocean and hit a city of a, of a million people. Well, that'd be exaggerating. Just a section of it didn't go over the whole. Doesn't go, FM does is line of sight. Doesn't go over mountains like AM does. But I'm so excited about it. We've been given full 100 watts. It's been a miracle that we actually got a permit to do one. You can't just get them. That's not how that works. We contended for one here, but it didn't open for here, but it did open in uh, King Salmon Neck Neck. What's the, what's the call letters? What's the name of the station? KNAK 97.1 FM. Praise God. <laughs> wonderful. The voice in the what? Voice in the village? Yeah, that's wonderful. Let's pray. How many, of you, how many of you get on the hill for the radio station? Come on. These things don't happen without a fight, and we've already won, but you've got to enforce it. Amen. Father, we thank and praise you for Minister Tim Campo and uh, Heidi, the family, for the work there, and King Simon Naknek, and as the population grows now. Lord, help us to put this on the air this summer, Lord, that we would get it on the air as we're in this very limited time frame to be able to put it on before our permit closes. Help us, Lord. Thank you for those in Florida that are participating and helping and the engineers and all of that. Help us to raise and release the resources in Jesus' name. We thank you for the seed that's sown. Bless the gift and the giver in Jesus' name. Amen. Oh, wonderful. Ushers, go ahead. You're a good, good father. It's who you are. It's who you are, it's who you are, and I'm loved by you, it's who I am, it's who I am, it's who I am, you're a good, good father, it's who you are, it's who you are, it's who you are, and I'm loved by you. Wonderful. With every head bowed, every eye closed, as we bring this service to conclusion, I want to ask you if you're right with God. If you're not right with God, don't leave this place without being reconciled to Him. There is a hell to shun, and there is a heaven to gain. And if you've never received Jesus as your Lord and Savior, won't you do it now? Won't you give your life to Him now? Won't you repent of your shortcomings and your failures, your sin? If that's you, you want to get your heart to Jesus, would you slip your hand up right now? Anybody in this place tonight? God bless you. I see that hand. Thank you. Perhaps those online. I see that hand in the back there. Thank you. Praise God. Let's pray all together. If you're affirming your faith or if you're giving your life to Jesus for the first time or in recommitment, pray right out loud. Say, Dear Heavenly Father, thank you for sending your son Jesus to die in my place. Forgive me of all of my sin and come into my life. Be my Lord be my Savior. Wash me. Cleanse me and make me new. Thank you that you rose again from the grave. So now raise my life up and use me to fulfill the dream and the purpose that you have for my life. Thank you for loving me. Thank you for hearing my prayer. Amen. Holy Spirit, I pray that you'd fill and touch each and every one. Encourage, strengthen, anoint, baptize in your spirit. God, we thank you. In Jesus' name.
Amen. Amen. Before we conclude, uh, we have a unique thing tonight in that the Johnsons are going to renew their wedding vows uh, immediately after the service, a few minutes after we close. So if you'll be mindful that you're all invited to stay if you'd like to. Uh, if you need to slip out, feel free. That's not a problem. Uh, but we'll be moving the sanctuary into, uh, into the renewal of the, their wedding vows. 25 years. Wow. So we'll do that in just a moment. And then uh, I neglected to say that Minister Tim is going to be made a pastor in September. And we're so thankful for that. That's a big deal. When pastors aren't just, we don't just throw that out. It's, it's a really a big deal. And we're so proud of you and for all that God's doing. Amen. Would you take someone by the hand? And, and Minister Tim, would you close us? Come on, take someone by the hand and as he closes and blesses us tonight. Come on, pray for that person that you're right in your left. Father, we thank you, God, for what you've done tonight. God, for your presence is here. I pray for your people as they go. God, that you'd fill them, that you'd send your presence with them. God, touch their families, Lord, I thank you. I pray your blessing over your people. Bless them. God, cause your face to shine upon them tonight. Lift up your countenance, Lord, and be gracious to them, God. Keep them and give them great peace. In Jesus' mighty name, amen. Amen. God bless you. Have a wonderful night. Praise the Lord.